Welcome to Hope and Heresy, Life on the Religious Left, where we wrestle with contemporary issues using history and theology as our guides. Our task is to reclaim religion for everyday people who want to live meaningfully without letting arbitrary doctrine or oppressive religious practice prevent us from asking big questions about our complicated world. I'm Reverend Sarah Lindsay. And I'm Reverend Peggy Clark, and we're Unitarian Universalist Ministers broadcasting from Community Church of New York here in New York City. Sarah. Hello, Peggy. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about theology today. <laughs> um, yeah, so today's today's topic is theology. Big word, big word, uh, many definitions. Yep, and today we're um going to talk about it kind of from like a balcony view we did spend that whole season last season unpacking kind of the many faces of the divine and really digging into this but this is more so theology means literally the study of god but what you and i are talking about is the word theology and all the different ways that it's used and how it kind of uh embraces something much bigger than just what we talked about, even though we talked for like hours and hours and hours in the last season, but we unpacked one really specific thing, like what is God? What are the many faces of the divine? And this was talking more about the concept of it. Yeah, because that is, um, I will say, I find that in my congregation, which consists of people who believe in God and people who do not, that the word theology often trips people up because they assume that sort of primary historical definition of theology as meaning, thinking about God specifically, right? Whereas really in the liberal religious context, when I use the word theology, I mean more like the fundamental beliefs and values that help you orient your life, right? And that that can sort of, it takes on this broader characteristic um, than folks assume and they get very ornery when I use it and don't remind them that it's got this potential to be a sort of broader, broader look at the things that matter and the, and the beliefs that systematically sort of orient your life, right? I think that's part of the point is that when we use theology, whether we're using it specifically around God or around some broader concepts, we're, we're meaning a clearly sort of articulated systematic way of organizing your life and behavior, um, which then leads to some questions, right? Like, is that different from an ethical system? Is that different from morals? Is that different from philosophy? What are the ways that this word sort of, why does this word matter? Why do we care if we've got other things we can use? Um, yeah. But I don't even know if we do have other things we can use, right? I mean, I think that there's the danger of limiting theology to to an ethical system, but that's an ethical system, right? That's that's specific. Or limiting theology to philosophy, which is also specific. Theology really is about this spiritual response to the world. And it is, as a study, it is an ordered way of understanding the world, understanding or experiencing the world. It is not 
or maybe what I want to say is it, it, it is all the things you just mentioned, but it's also more than that, right? It's so what we've been doing is we're sort of um, we're looking at theology over this podcast. We're looking at it for the season systematically, right? We're looking, we just talked about cosmology. We'll be, we're talking about, you know, the questions of salvation, the questions of evil, and all of the different um, categories that fall under theology. But they're, but it's, it is kind of the packing of all of those things. It's not just any one individual thing. Yeah, which does then sort of make it the umbrella, like in some ways you think it was like the umbrella term for everything we're talking about last season and again this season, right? Um, but I think that's yeah. the point, right? Is that is that it includes, um, if sort of ethical systems and moral systems are sort of the rules by which I'm gonna live my life, theology involves a different kind of element, right? Like I think about like transcendentalists or I think about theists, yes, all those folks, anyone who sort of looks at the world and is able to go, there is something more than what's plainly on view in front of me, right? And that's that element that maybe theology brings in that these other very sort of like day-to-day, -day, more sort of rational, not that theologies are by definition irrational, but the folks who sort of lean hard into rational, reasonable, whatever, that there's a there's a limitation there in terms of the sort of, um, I always come back to that Shakespeare, like there are more things in heaven and earth than are spoken of in our philosophy. I think it's like that one, right? The idea, right, though, that that's what theology allows for. That's what the term allows for, is that there's something more that we can't plainly see, that we don't totally know or understand, but that we can sense in the world and we can put into a framework in a way that's meaningful and helpful for living, right? Um, what do you what do you think about the distinction between theology and philosophy, though? Well, I mean, I think the distinction is just what you were talking about. So, uh, theology really says we are greater than the sum of our parts, right? There, there is everything we see, and then there are those things we don't see, or those, there are those things we don't know. There are ways that we respond to the world that are bigger. And that can be um, heart-centered, can be gut-centered, right? Are not just um, head-centered. Being married to a philosopher <laughs> can say that philosophy is really head-centered and, and every word can be unpacked and every, you know, every concept you could spend. And theology, while theology can sometimes get distracted and get like start wandering off into language. Usually theologians are, are moved by the experience of the world and reflect on the experience, try to organize and categorize the experience rather than, yeah, so that's, uh, I'm sorry. No, 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 I just, yeah, that's really interesting, right? Because I was totally, I was that person and I just Googled the definition, like the dictionary definition of philosophy. And it's like the fundamental nature of, the study of the fundamental nature of knowledge, reality, and existence, which is, I think you've hit on exactly the distinction, right? Is that what theology is talking about is experience from which knowledge comes experience is our reality, right? It tells us about existence, but that there's this quality in theology that's about like quality as opposed to like knowledge or fact or description of what is. There's sort of this piece that's about like, how do I experience what is and what is also beyond 
what is that impacts my experience. Um, but that sort of experiential piece feels like a really important distinction to be made. Um, when, I was, when I was in grad school studying theology, um, I, I was in grad school at Boston College and the Jesuits, which is an order of priests, had to get two doctorates. They got one in philosophy and one in theology. And they usually got philosophy first. And then, so in my program, there were all these doctorates in philosophy. I always thought it was kind of backwards and they should have done the theology first because what ended up happening to them uh, was that they had moved so far into their heads that they had to be sort of coaxed out and into the world. And what we did, what I did as a grad student a lot, I went to mass six days a week. I actually avoided Sunday, <laughs> but six days a week, I was there at noon because, well, first of all, I needed quiet. I needed like all the voices and <laughs> stop talking. But I also just needed, I needed the experience, right? I needed to be able to experience something outside of myself so that I could go back into a classroom or, you know, be overloaded with books and read about, you know, how to categorize all of those things. But none of them made any sense if I didn't feel something. And all of those philosophers in my classes really had some kind of a struggle shifting into a lived experience. They were genius when it came to categorizing it, but they lacked depth when it came to living it. And I think that's the difference for me. That's, it's really interesting, right? So I, um a somewhat similar experience, right, of going to a religious studies doctoral program where part of the conceit is that you're leaving your own personal conviction at the door and doing some sort of objective, as if that were a thing, objective exploration of religious belief and value and experience, right? And I remember having that kind of feeling, Peggy, of like, I can't check my thing at the door and I don't believe that any of you have. And I just like, what? Um, because there's so much about the study of religion and people's experience that is reliant on your own experience and how you move through the world. And how do you talk about God? How do you talk about not God without living deeply and like really authentically in your own experience? Um, which makes just how we studied this stuff really interesting, right? Also how we think about it for ourselves and then also how we think about other people's experiences of theology and how we talk about it with each other. Um, when I became UU, one of the things I really loved was, um, well, there were two things, but one of them that I really loved was that in the principles, direct experience, not in the principles, in the bylaws, was one of our sources. You know, all the rest of it was like, you know, that's kind of what you would assume from a religious tradition that was trying to embrace, you know, many paths. So, you know, world religions and prophetic leaders and all of that. But direct experience as a valid source of theology, that what it is you experience, what you know to be true, is one of our sources to be for ourselves and to be shared. And the other one was, the affirmation, which is in our hymnal, which my the very first church I walked into would say every Sunday that love is the doctrine of this fellowship, that the quest for truth is its sacrament and service is its prayer. 
for me, someone who had studied and spent way too much time in academia, both studying and then teaching undergrad theology, there is something really authentic about the idea that that love is the doctrine, right? So whatever else, whatever language we put to this, whatever ordering that I have, you know, memorized of over, you know, writings of millennia, that love was actually what mattered, right? The, and which is experiential, not something you can study. That the sacrament, like the sacrament by definition sort of the, the place God is known, that that service that I spent and so much time learning and teaching about the sacraments, right? And there are seven of them and why and exactly what they are and who can confer them. And then to learn, to, to just be able to recite and to hear people say, service it's just how we you know where is the divine known wherever we are in service to each other that's that's it that's what you need to know right you can throw your degree away because this is what's important and for me that's that's the difference in philosophy and theology yes and also the difference between theology in a orthodox or more conservative tradition and theology in a liberal religious tradition, right? Um, though I will say, no matter how you slice it, right, there is, I had a mentor who once said to me that talking about theology is one of the most like intimate things that people can do and one of the most vulnerable things. And so even just now, right, listening to you narrate that change that you underwent and experienced, right? There's an, there's a window into your like life and soul and there's an intimacy there, right? And so I think that there's a lot of ways too that theology invites in a kind of experience but also a kind of connection and a kind of courage that philosophy or even ethical and moral systems allow you to sort of push push out from yourself, right? So that some there's a there's something that happens when we're willing to start talking about theology as distinct from, right? The theology down here as distinct from like philosophy and all of that stuff up there. Um, and in fact, right? Like in fact, I would argue, and I think you'd probably agree that it's in that, right? In that sharing, in that conversation that you're also meeting whatever it is you think is whether it's God or something else, the thing that sort of we experience together, but is beyond our descriptive capacity, right? Um, which is why everyone should talk about theology. <laughs> when I was a campus minister, you know, students would come to me and, and I noted that this was a common pattern, that the first thing that they would do, and they were sort of like trying to get to know the campus minister, they would talk about sex. And if once we sort of got past that, they would talk about their parents and what it was like at home. And once they really knew me, they would talk about God. But it took a long time to get, it was almost like they'd come and sort of trying to shock me, like, let's let's see what you can handle. And then it was like, well, here's something that's real. And then it was like, here's something that's private, that's real, real. And isn't it fascinating, right? That we somehow culturally, we have rendered like sex, family stuff as like easier to talk about than God or whatever we don't think about God, right? Like, why is it that hard for us to access this place of deep 
meaning. And I, you know, this is like a whole other podcast season probably, but I think it has to do with our total reluctance to be vulnerable and go deep within ourselves, right? Because even talking about sex, I can kind of like play it off. I can make it about another person or I can, but that there's something so deeply open-hearted about talking about what matters and what gives your life meaning, right? Um, And we make it so hard for each other to be vulnerable and whole and show that to the world. So that's another well, and that's why. <laughs> but that's why it makes sense for us to be doing this definition, right? When we're, we are theologians doing a podcast, we're at the fourth season, it almost seems like really you're going to do like a 15 minute thing on what is theology at this point, except it does really feel like it's, it isn't completely what it seems to be. It is bigger and it's deeper and it's potentially far more intimate than, than what, so when you sort of casually throw off, like that's not part of our theology, that, that you're opening something up that I think most people aren't expecting. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, maybe we can encourage folks to try it out, right? To just try out sharing a little bit of your own theology. Like first, don't issue the term, like the term is okay. It's nothing to be scared of. And then, you know, give it a whirl, like find someone you trust in your life and talk about God or not God or whatever, and just dig in a little around your theology, especially this time of year. Uh, if you happen to be listening to us as we're recording, which is in, you know, the beginning of December, um, you know, just see how it feels. I think that's a great idea. And that's a great place for us to, to close. It's been great having this conversation with you. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Bye.